Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There, you'll read, learn, and make comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. My guest today is Paula Dempsey, owner and founder of Dempsey Bakery in downtown Little Rock. Over 20 years ago, she and her husband, Demp Dempsey, opened their first small business. It was Dempsey Film Group, which grew to over 30 employees. In 2011, they closed the film production company and opened the only gluten, soy, and nut-free bakery within a 500-mile radius of Little Rock, Arkansas. Paula's motivation and dream when starting Dempsey Bakery was to focus on the rising needs of people with food sensitivities, something she is very familiar with and is very close to her heart. Knowing nothing about the food business, she hired a baker, and together they spent one year experimenting and creating recipes that she now serves up in her gluten, soy, and nut-free Dempsey Bakery. Welcome to the table, Paula Dempsey. Thank you, Carrie. Paula, today I want to talk and tell our listeners about you, your true entrepreneur, and your fa- you are, and your family's personal experience with food allergies and food sensitivities, about your first business, Dempsey Film Group which is when I first met you, and about your current successful business, Dempsey Bakery on Cross Street in downtown Little Rock. But first, let's talk about your personal experience with food allergies and how Dempsey Bakery came into existence. I know this is a good story. Well, um, Carrie, several years ago, probably about 15 now, my husband was uh, very, very sick and he had severe psoriatic arthritis. And we found this amazing physician, and she diagnosed him with a gluten intolerance, which anyone with a food sensitivity has heard of that. And it's similar to celiac disease in that it is a gluten issue. However, it is um, different as well. But anyway, at that time, we were having grandchildren. We had some small ones then, and they had all kinds of different you know, one was a little autistic and one was a failure to thrive. And, and What does that mean? Well, a failure to thrive is a child that doesn't want to eat oh, and really? they don't grow. Well, maybe that's me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's certainly not me. We were floundering. The little mothers were trying to figure out what was wrong with their children, taking them to lots of doctors. And we just discovered this amazing doctor. And all of our health issues actually had something to do with gluten. No doctor ever says that. I know. When I tell my doctor I have a sensitivity to gluten, he goes, okay, whatever. It's in your head. Okay, go ahead. Yes, I know. I know. It's really difficult. So was this a Western doctor? Yes, she is a family practice physician. Now, she practices medicine different than most mainstream medicine because she does not take insurance. So in order to go through this system, it's, it's pretty expensive. But when you're as sick as my husband was and my grandchildren... You feel like you've got to do something. So we accidentally discovered her. It was a God thing, I'm sure. So my husband got better. My grandchildren got better. And How long did it take for you to know they were getting better? Oh, two weeks. 
some of them a couple weeks. Some of them had to do more things to get better. So it just depended on the severity of what was wrong with them. My husband noticed it within a couple of weeks that he was better. Then I learned to cook gluten-free. At that time, mostly we were just do gluten. But then my grandchildren also had allergies to eggs and nuts and things like that. So we were, you know, trying to figure a lot of stuff out. Um, I learned to cook that way, and it, it's not easy. And I was going to say, how hard is that mindset to wrap your head around the concept of changing all of your recipes, your mother's yeah. recipes? Did it, you use a lot of Campbell's soup before no, this? No. <laughs> yeah, well, I've always kind of done a lot of cooking because I had three boys, and I couldn't afford to feed them a lot of fast food. So I've always cooked, but, you know, their favorite macaroni and cheese, of course, was box cheese. But I still cooked a lot. So we just we figured it out, and... Um, so I started learning to cook, and there's a support group in Little Rock that I was oh, really? recommended. Uh huh. And it's called the Gluten Intolerance Group of Central Arkansas or Central Little Rock. I can't remember, but anyway, and I didn't, you know, that was probably 12 years ago, and it's come a long way in my. You've 12 been doing years. this 12 years, not the bakery, but yes, we've been doing eating that way for at least 12 years. So I started going to the groups, and then I started subscribing to some um, magazines. There, One of them was called Living Without. I think it's changed its name, but just, you know, just trying to learn. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. But baking was always very difficult. Cooking easy, baking hard. Right. And, so um, uh, I want to tell my guests if they've got questions for you, because I bet a lot of people do. Like, my first question is... Well, well, I'll ask you when we get back how you found a baker that knew how to do this. And I also want to ask you about how challenging it was to even find the recipe. So we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Okay. Uh, so you're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And my guest today is Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery. I really admire you for being so proactive about this because most people don't take responsibility for their health. And most people and most doctors don't believe that... It's the truth is that, yeah, right. But it seems like we've got this epidemic of nut allergies and gluten intolerance and even some meat allergies. I know several people who eat yeah. red meat and they break out in hives. Yeah. So what were the biggest challenges when you started to change your eating habits? The whole family getting involved or finding the recipes? Or? Well, you know, it took me a while to learn how to convert a recipe. And especially baking, as I said, you know, cooking, if you just cook fresh food and don't fry it, you know, and flour I it. I don't think I can do that. I know. Well, you just have to learn. I mean, I can fry food now and I have flours and mixes and things that work. But and you can then, buy those flours at Dempsey Bakery yes, and fry them? Uh-huh. Well, really? we have a little gravy mix and we have um, breadcrumbs. So, yeah, you can. But at first, we didn't do much of that at all. So I got magazines that were gluten-free, and I would read the recipe, and then I would be like, okay, how can I fix this for our family? But it gave me hints on combinations of things to, you know, change. So if someone wanted to email you or ask you questions about who the doctor was you used or some some more detailed questions that are more private that they don't really want to talk about right. on the air, right. is there a way for them to contact you? Yeah, they can They can email me at, at paula at dempseybakery.com. And Dempsey is 
D-E-M-P-S-E-Y. Or they can go on our website and look us up and, you know, there's like a link or whatever. But I also do Facebook, Dempsey Bakeries on Facebook. I do like to do doctor stuff a little more personable. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't give away my recipes at the bakery. Well, I hope not. I do have some that I do give away or I do talks and churches. Well, you can buy everything at your place. You can. You You can can buy the pizza crust. You can do whatever you want. So before you were in the Dempsey Bakery, which was only in 2011, you and your husband were in business together at Dempsey Film group. Correct. Didn't you have a career before that? Yes. I've, well, I've been in banking and real estate and my husband's been in the TV business his whole life. When he started on his own, I did his bookkeeping, you know, on the side because I had, I don't, I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not an accountant, but you know, I can put numbers on a piece of paper and add them up. Well, you were in banking, you said. Yeah, but I wasn't, I mean, I don't have any formal education, but, um, but anyway, I kept his books and what I could do. And then we had an accountant do the formal stuff. And it got to the point to where I was spending more time helping him than selling real estate. So we had to make a decision. Was he independent? Was uh, he an independent filmmaker when you were helping him? Uh, yeah. Well, we had a small business with only someone that answered the phone back then. We didn't have cell phones. And then him. And then he would hire freelance people to help him with his work. So. Well, when, and then when I learned about you, you were in a, an old church. Dempsey yeah. Film. So was he at that time that you were his bookkeeper? Was he in that church? No. He, we didn't buy the church till we had about... I don't know, 10 employees or something. Before that, he worked in an office behind Jones Productions because he had worked for Gary, and they kind of worked together a little bit. And, and then before that, he was in television. So he's been around a long time. He's a videographer. Is that what they call it? Well, he's title? really, uh, I mean, his real career, he directed TV commercials and TV shows and sports. And then he also uh, was a film, like we used film back then with big 35 millimeter cameras and things like that. And Oh my gosh, I remember. So, mm-hmm, Y'all so. came out and filmed me for a commercial for, for Twin, Twin City, City Bank. Bank. I yeah. remember that. <laughs> I'm so impressed. And they brought this, it was so professional. They brought a track in. They set the cameraman on the track in a chair. And it was probably my husband, I bet. I'm I almost didn't sure know I'd ever met your husband. I bet it was him. Mm-hmm. Well, that is a, it's, that's just fascinating. So you decided how long to go over, how long did it take you? He started, he got, he started getting more and more employees. And so yep. you decided to go over there and, and help. Yeah. So I kind of ran the business. I mean, not really ran it. He was the, the talent and the creator and all that. But he's not really good at bookkeeping and details and IRS and paying taxes, and which most really talented people are not. But so, you got to do it yep. or you'll be up like Willie Nelson. That's you know, exactly. he got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. And I was audited twice. And we never had anything go on. Congratulations. So, thank you. So um, anyway, so that's the part I did. And he did his thing and I did mine. So you grew that business to 30 employees. Yeah, we did. We and did. And then technology changed. It did change. And I have to say, too, that that was towards the end of our business. My husband was starting to get really sick. This was oh. before we found this doctor. And he was taking some really, really toxic drugs. Steroids? Well, he took steroids, and then he took a cancer drug called methotrexate. For inflammation? Yeah. And it just did a lot. It just played havoc on everything from depression to... Oh, I bet. It just, just, you know, anytime you're really sick and then you add pain pills and things like that, it's hard. Well, and he probably had a lot of uh, physical problems from carrying around cameras for so long. Yeah, he already had three back surgeries. Is that from cameras, carrying around cameras? Well, that plus his um, arthritis that we didn't really, you know, there was a lot of things going on that we didn't know about. So... Anyway, um, 
technology played a huge part in the reason we closed the business. I was wondering. Yeah, because when we were really up and going and they were shooting film, we would, our edit suite cost over a million dollars. Wow. So not anybody could just walk in and start a production company. I mean, it was, it was expensive. And when you shot film back in the good old days, I guess we would have called it, um, you know, it was $500 a finished minute. And if you messed up or you didn't know what you were doing, it could cost you a lot of money. And so you just didn't take those kind of chances. But then when they came out with camcorders, I think they were Well, even that, our camcorders, we had some expensive ones of those. They were like 80 grand a piece. But Apple came out with, um, oh, I don't even know what they were called, but it was an edit system that you could buy for like 15 grand. And it did, all, you know, a lot of what we already did. And then the cameras, you know, these Nikons and Canons, now you can shoot video with them. They're three or $4,000, and ours were 80. I mean, you can shoot pretty good video with my phone. I did that last night watching a band. I was just amazed. And then I know, Carrie, you remember, because Twin City Bank was one of them. Back in the day, the local people, the banks, Twin City Bank and Worthen Bank and all those banks and then Blue Cross and Intergy, they spent a lot of money on their TV commercials. Oh, I mean, a lot. they were top-notch, better than Memphis, and they just, everybody just quit doing that. Yeah, so, so yeah, now they got drones. They just fly a drone and, over. Yeah, and I mean, it's, yeah, and you think about it, the utility companies don't even advertise anymore, and that was a big part of our business. I'd never thought about that. I mean, rarely. So was there one moment that you said, this is a dying industry, Demp, we need to change horses in the middle of the stream here? Well, we did have one aha moment. We were really struggling a little bit in February, and we kind of pulled it together. And then we lost a very big uh, video account. It was a training account, so it wasn't. But we'd had it for like 15 years, and we had 17 shows booked with them through the rest of the year. And that was sort of our meat and potatoes. Yeah. And they just called us up one day and said, "Mm, "We don't think we're going to do that anymore. We're going to spend all of our money on the internet." Oh, whoa. And, you know, and he wasn't even working then because he was so sick. What year was that? That was 2011 in July. And we just, I came home, I told him my son was working for us. Nothing's worse than having a family member lose their job that you provided. It's awful. It is awful. Wow. And uh, so we just, all three of us said, you know what? We just, we don't want to dig a hole anymore that we can't get out of and Really, we had the business at that time for our son and our employees, not even for my husband. How and, hard was um, that, really? It was the hardest thing. Oh, I, the day we told our employees, I went home. I was so upset. I, my husband couldn't even come. He was—he just couldn't even. I wish people could see your face talking you know, about it. It's so, it's, it was you're so still sad. upset by it. Oh, we'll never get over it. He'll, my husband will never get over it. He practically had a nervous breakdown over it. It just broke his heart. So 30 employees, you called a meeting. Yep. And said, I'm sorry, guys, but we had told them, you know, because we had laid off about five people, which we've never, we were always so proud. We never, ever had to lay anybody off. And um, so those were already gone. And then we told them then, if we have to do this again, we will all walk out together. So that's what we did. How many months from that meeting till you walked out together? From the meeting when we told all of our employees, it was a Wednesday, and we gave them a month to pull their own act together. We sold them equipment. We gave them our clients and told them until we had everything liquidated, they could work out of our offices, use our computers, our 
our copiers and build their own small businesses and that's what they did and most all of them are still in the business and a lot of them still have our old clients i love that when we come back i want you to tell me if you had a plan in the back of your mind we're talking to paula dempsey from dempsey bakery this is up in your business with carrie mccoy you're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed. Over this time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew. As early as 2004, she began sharing her knowledge in her weekly blog. In 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom. And in 2014, Brave Magazine, a biannual publication. Today, she has branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. Each week, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting, inspiring, and educational. Stay up to date by going to flagandbanner.com and joining our email list. You'll receive our popular Water Cooler Weekly email that notifies you of upcoming guests, happenings at Dreamland Ballroom, sales at flagandbanner.com, access to Brave Magazine articles, and Carrie's current blog post. All that in one weekly email. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. TheFlagandBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. We're talking to Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery. This is Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy. So you gave an out for your employees. Yep. But did you know what you were going to do? Well, sadly, and I guess a good thing, um, the whole bakery is a God thing. There's no doubt about it. I, would I can't have, tell you how many entrepreneurs tell me that. I know. Well, because it was totally out of a passion, not anything I'd had in my mind for all my life that I wanted to be in the food business because yeah, I right. never wanted to be in the food business. But there was such a need, including my own family. You know, sometimes you just have to change gears when things like hit you in the face. And um, I would have never started that bakery had I known we were going to close the film business because we thought we would use that income to support us until the bakery like you walking out in the store. So you had already started the bakery. Well, I'd already hired everybody in July and we thought we'd be open. But, you know, when you're working with the city and trying to get your permits, it takes longer than you think. So we opened it in September. But well, I read in the opening statement about that you spent a year. Yes, I did. With a cook, with a chef or baker. I guess they're called bakers. uh, Baking to, to find recipes. Now, that was probably the year we're talking about right now, that you were already doing recipes. Well, we'd already, um, because I didn't really, I mean, our business was thriving and then it wasn't. I mean, it was very fast. The year before we closed the business, the film group business, I had already hired this baker and he worked in his mother's kitchen. She had a really nice, real expensive, nice kitchen. And so he would bake and try recipes at his house. And then I'd come over and we'd talk about them or whatever. He'd bring them to the, to the film group and we'd share them. And, you know, we just, you know how you test yes. recipes. And, um, and then if we'd get one that's pretty good. We had several people already following us that we knew that were family or friends at church or whatever. And so we'd take food to everybody or I would and did so you I have your location it. yet no no we didn't was it hard to find a baker uh well yeah that was another god thing he literally had lost his job and he was a friend of a friend and he was very talented and he begged me to let him try I kind of had it in my mind for like six years but in the gluten-free business there is no school no where you can learn you're or on the bleeding edge where there are there's no set recipes 
and the ones that are successful at it are not sharing theirs. So we really literally just would pull recipes down, and then because we had so many allergies in our family, we would say, okay, we can't use that, we can't use that, we can't use that, so let's, you know... Because you said you've already been gluten-free and nut-free and soy-free for 10 years already. Right. But so you had some recipes, but could I you did. manufacture them on a large scale, and would they work on a exactly. large scale? Exactly. Yeah. And we did, I never did successfully do bread, personally. The oh. baker and I. I mean, he did it. He did it. Bread is like one of the hardest things to make good. Without wheat flour. Yeah, it's really hard. I think everybody that meets you knows you has a lot of energy, and... I told you already, I'm so on your train. I'm such a big monster fan of yours for being so proactive about your health issues and stuff. But I almost feel like Dempsey Bakery, speaking of a God thing, is a community service. Well, I have people tell me that, and they'll tell me that it's a mission because I am so really So you used all your own community. money, too. Well, we did borrow money to build the bakery because that took quite a bit to buy the equipment because we have the big old ovens and was freezers the, and all that. Was the health that, department easy to work with? Well, they've been so far. I think it's going to be a little more difficult as we get more into manufacturing. But really, right now, they just consider us kind of like a local restaurant. So it's not been too hard so far. And we're so picky about everything that actually they kind of like us. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, it is a clean kitchen. I've yeah, seen it. You it can is. eat off the floors in there. Yeah. Does Dim still work with you? He doesn't really work with me much. Um, he'll come down and help me, you know, fix things and things like that. But... He's never been much in the kitchen, and, you know, every now and then when we're doing a lot of packaging lately, he's started to kind of come around and help Do you miss not working with him? I do, but we didn't really see that much of each other during the day. You know, we had two cars, and he was out in the field, and I was in the office. And Yeah, but when you came so, home at night, I know that my That's husband, all we talked about. I know my kids hated and mine, too. <laughs> They would be like, would y'all please not talk about Arkansas Flag and Banner? And we're like, oh, okay. And then we just sit there and stare at each other yeah, in silence. We did that too, yep. Uh, so you have a store in downtown Little Rock. Yep. But that's not the only way you sell. That's right. We have getting, a very diverse distribution. We do. We do. We sell a lot of things at um, Drug Emporium, a little bit at Natural Grocers. Oh, you sell at Drug Emporium? Yeah. We have, locally? Yep. Yeah, or just not nation? No. Oh. They only have five stores. Drug Emporium only has five. They're all in Texas, but this one. And, I didn't um, know that. But they only buy locally from us. And um, and now a little curb market in Memphis is carrying a lot of our products. And I've seen it in so, Fayetteville. A little, yeah. There's it's Blackboard. The, uh, Blackboard, uh-huh. that's where I saw yep, it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we have our crackers are in 80 stores, 150 miles around Memphis, because the company that gets them from us, that distributes them, they're called Discover Local. You can find them in a lot of Kroger. But they can only do it, like, within 150 miles of their location. So um, there's some, a lot of them in Memphis area, some in Kentucky. What's the name of that? It's called Discover Local. It's a kiosk that's in the um, some of the bigger grocery stores. Oh, really? I've mm-hmm. never they seen They sell, that. like, um, the fish breading that Young sells, and they sell... I think they may sell Donnie for no seat, just local seasonings and sauces and, you know, things like that. Are they owned locally? They're owned from somebody out of Memphis. Oh, oh, I think you said that. Uh, We have a caller. Hello. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy and Paula Dempsey. You're on the air. Do you have a question? Yeah, I'd like to find out what kind of permits did Paula have to get to open her bakery? Well, uh, really just the same kind for a restaurant. Now, we are uh, certified gluten-free with the Gluten Intolerance Group of America, but that came later, and, you know, if you want to be certified, it's kind of complicated, but but we did it. 
But just to have a gluten-free or any kind of bakery, I guess, in Little Rock or in the city, the county, you just go through just like you would for a regular restaurant. Do you have, a, do you have to have a grease trap? We do have to have a grease trap. That seems to be the most expensive, $20,000. And we have no grease. We have been there five years, and we've never. they come and inspect it every year, and we've never even had to have it cleaned out like they do sewer ever because we don't use anything that ends up in there but you have to have them and it was the minimum size you could have was twenty thousand dollars i think that's cheap i think i've heard more than that well it depends on the size of your restaurant and your water lines and i don't know how they figure it but that was the smallest one so and i came to the bakery when we were doing the construction and you know they're putting in our grease trap i didn't nearly think about it and um, and I walked out the back of that bakery, and they had a hole dug as big as a room. Well, I yeah. was just like, oh, my gosh. You know they recycle that grease. Well, we don't have any grease, but, yeah. But I, I have I a girlfriend who sells that grease. Her whole job is to go around and pick the, her. She sells that product. They suck it up, and they re-clean it and recycle it, and it's an environmental it's a good thing. Yeah. It's envi- they recycle grease, which I, which is really great, which yeah. I guess is why we're trapping it. Yep. Uh, so for all the products that you deliver and that you sell everywhere, do you deliver them? Do you ship them? How do they get there? Uh, a little bit of everything. We have it. Uh, Cisco, Arkansas, carries our hamburger buns for restaurants. Well, that's a big deal. It is, but it's just in Arkansas, but it's still a really big deal because we're really small. And um, for them to pay attention to us and have that product for local restaurants. Well, actually, anybody in Arkansas restaurant can get our hamburger buns. I was just going to say, you not only just sell to grocery stores, I see your products in restaurants everywhere. Yeah, well, one of my goals when I opened the bakery was really so that people could eat gluten-free or allergy-friendly anywhere they went to eat everybody eats out and it's so hard and so since I sort of did it just out of my passion and need that was what people needed I went out I mean I'm the only real seller and so I talked restaurants into See, that's carrying my products that's so, the energy well you it's just, a drive you know you have to build your business <laughs> yeah you've got a lot of energy I've never seen you where you're not just doing a million things I'm here with Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery a gluten soy and nut free bakery in downtown Little Rock yeah you never get tired talking about it well it's just you know it has healed our family and when you've been sick for a long time and you're i mean people say wow it's so expensive well what how expensive do you think it was for my husband to not be able to work you know i hear that about exercise because you know i'm an exerciser yeah, see, and i'm not i should be well that's all right can't be everything and so i uh people say to me all the time i can't afford to exercise i don't have the time to exercise and i'm like it's cheaper than the doctor yeah yeah. It's less time than being sick. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the difference. And I would tell you in a private meeting. Um, also, I get lots of comments from my customers that have given me. There's, everyone likes to tell their story. I've got one. And um, Oh, I've got a good one. I so, just found this one out Wednesday night. What? My listeners need to know this. So I just thought, as I got to be my age, that I just couldn't drink anymore because I always had these horrible hangovers. I mean, I could have one or two drinks and just have a horrible hangover. I thought, oh... I just, you know, I didn't have any vices anymore. And so I'm out the other day. I'm exhausted, and I go to my girlfriend's house for a dinner party. And I walk in. It's about 7 o'clock. And I said, oh, just give me a drink. And so they fix me a vodka, which I can't drink anymore. And it says on the bottle, gluten-free. And I said, all vodka's gluten-free. 
And all my girlfriends said, no, it's not. And I said, potatoes aren't gluten. Some people think potatoes are gluten. And they say, I said, and this is made from potatoes. And they said, no, it's not. So we had to Google up at the dinner party. Vodka has been made from wheat. And that Tito's is one of the few gluten-free vodkas that's still made from potatoes. And now I don't know if I'm happy or sad to find out I can drink vodka again. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You don't. We don't really realize, um, like Grey Goose, like the premium. That's one. what I always thought we should drink. And it's my, awful we are for not you. vodka f- drinkers. I mean, my husband used to drink gin and tonic. Well, he used to be a really big beer drinker. If you're in the TV business, you back cannot in the day, drink beer. You know, you were a beer drinker. There was just no doubt about it. But he had to give up all all alcohol when he was on that medicine and so he had, I mean it, he grieved drinking beer like you, <laughs> oh my gosh I would get so tired of hearing him say I know it's one of margarita and I, Ru- you know. rue the day he gave up beer but then funny when he finally got well and the doctor told him you know you could have alcohol now there's no reason not you know certain ones not all of them and gluten-free beer and whatever <laughs> now when he does he gets a terrible headache yeah and he said it's like starting over so he rare he'll drink a margarita or something but he rarely ever really drinks Alcohol He's anymore. out of practice. He is. <laughs> well, for anybody out there that has really terrible hangovers that drinks vodka, you may have a gluten intolerance. That's right. Or I have a lot of people that I know say they can't drink beer anymore because it just messes with their stomach so bad. Well, it might not be the only thing that messes with their stomach. What do you mean by that? Oh, because well, of beer. Oh, you mean the gluten, gluten in yeah. the beer. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all hops and beer. Yeah. Um, so do you have much spoilage? In your, really, in, your, in your product? Yeah. No, we really don't because anything we don't sell that day, we freeze. And most people in the food sensitivity world, they freeze everything anyway because they can't eat it all at one time. And yeah, so, I keep all my bread in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. And so we just put it in the freezer and sell it for a dollar less. And we sell frozen bread all the time. And then a lot of our cookies that we have left over, we make cheesecake crusts with them. So we repurpose, and then we have these little, I don't know if you've seen them, but we call them sandwiches because our decorator's name is Sam. Oh, how cute. She used to make them for my husband. Oh, she is named Sam. Yeah, and she would make these cake sandwiches, which we called sandwiches. And then we just like one day we're like, oh, wow, let's just cut these up and make little sandwiches for the bakery. So our scrap cake, we turn into little upside-down inverted cupcakes. So we don't waste one inch of What is your most popular product? Just on a day-to-day basis, there's one cake called the hot milk cake that's extremely popular that I actually created from an old family recipe, one of our family favorite cakes. And you substituted? And I substituted. That was way before I hired a baker or anything. And then um, then our bread, of course, because bread's really hard. Yeah, and bread's really hard. our hamburger buns are very, very popular. I see those at restaurants. Yeah, and now our crackers are becoming huge. I love popular. your crackers. And our crackers and our bread are actually egg and dairy free as well. I wish you'd start so. selling those crackers at, at the convenience stores so that when yeah. I go in there, I didn't just have to eat nuts. On I, it. I don't know what your family eats if they can't eat nuts and they can't eat gluten and they it's can't hard. eat milk. I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, what? You're starving to get. I guess they don't have any weight issues. No, my whole family is all small. But, you know, the saddest thing is like when you travel on vacation, like yeah. to the beach or whatever, and you got grandkids, four or six grandkids in the car. 
you cannot take them in a gas station because no. there's so many allergies. So you have to bring everything with you. I was in oh. Conway on Monday and I was by the nut section looking for something to snack on at a convenience store before I headed back to Little Rock and they had little tiny individual peanut butter and cheese crackers gluten free. I'd never seen them before I've not ever. Seen them. I've not seen them. I'm uh, sure they're wonderful. They were great. They were absolutely great. So I read when I was reading about you, I have to just almost have all my friends on so that I can read about them and learn about them. But I, I read about you and that you're going to do uh, manufacturing side of the food business. What does manufacturing side of the food yeah. business mean? And well, you said it had challenges, special yes, challenges. very much. Um, we do a little bit now. Our crackers are, manufa- are considered manufactured because well, they are sold in other stores. Oh, so okay. and they're packaged with like the date, and we have to track them. And you know, when you start getting in stores, you have to cross both way track. So where are they going, and who bought them? With you numbers, did? yeah, because if somebody has a recall, you've got to be able to go in and tell everybody. Oh, yeah, and then that's why we had to get us our certification because now, now in order supposedly to sell in stores and things like that, you're supposed to have some sort of a gluten certification, right? And, and so, because people need to trust that you know, do you so, have a secretary that does all that? No, we have an, a manager and she's an engineer that she's kind of helped develop the systems to keep up with oh, all that. So you have a manager that does yeah, that. Yeah. Because you're out front. Yeah, I'm out front. I mean, So I guess you didn't ever read that book called The E-Myth where it says you're not supposed to work in your business. But no, but I have heard of that. And we are, you know, we have some <laughs> challenges with that because I could probably sell a lot more if I... But so far, you know, that's one of, I think one of the biggest challenges of small business. Do you work in the business or do you sell the business? And I've had people tell me, you know, well, you got to get out there and work in the business or work on the business. Right. Exactly. And so I'm still not good at both. And I mean, at one or the other, I still kind of play both roles. But maybe in the next year or two, we'll get big enough to where I can. You know, do, but I do enjoy seeing all my customers, too. You do. And you know why? Because you come over and you tell the story of Demp and your family, your yeah. grandkids, and yeah. you tell them all, and you validate all of us, because all of us have heard it's in your head. Yeah. And my girlfriend, I hope she's listening, she says, oh, it's in your head. Now, she's allergic to beef, and when she eats beef, she doesn't even know it's on her sandwich, but I mean, if her sandwich is even brushed a piece of ham, yeah. her ears will turn red, her neck yeah. will get red, and I'll say, oh, you're turning red, and she's like, oh, there must have been some must red. be in her head right and I so I said so your inflammation is on the outside so yep. you can validate it but my inflammation is on the inside and they always wanted to say to me that it was fibromyalgia which I never bought into I'm not even sure what that is but I wonder how many people with fibromyalgia am yep. I saying that right yep could give up gluten and find oh. that their widespread inflammation would disappear yes well it probably would I mean as I tell people you know depending on your drug regimen and how long you've been sick as to how fast or how quick it'll always improve it completely heal it you know you never know my husband still has a little bit of psoriasis even after all these years but oh my gosh compared to what he had it cured her psoriasis. Yeah, it did. It, no, I'm surprised. Oh. I'm asking you, it did. Yeah. I've read Mine, that yeah. too. Yeah. Well, it's all a inflammatory disease, autoimmune, and any autoimmune could benefit from a gluten-free diet. And many times, it has triggered the autoimmune disease. So that's what triggered my husband's. Um, it can hit you when you're one, two, or fifty, or seventy-five, or eighty. Yes, it's because just, I was fine. You know. I'm still fine. I'm healthy as a horse. But I had this widespread 
moving around, inflammation, my doctor, my husband, my children, everybody was like, Mother, you are such a hypochondriac. And it was just really upsetting. And so my girlfriend, who had given up gluten years ago, said, when are you going to try giving up gluten? I said, that is so stupid. I am not going to do that. I love pasta. I am not doing that. Finally, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll try anything. Yep. And I gave it up. And within two weeks, I could tell a difference. But you can't cut down. No, you. it's an you eighth have to completely, of a teaspoon. That's right. Will make you inflamed. So you have to 100% give it up. And yep. even for me, and I'm not severely intolerant, but if I go out to eat and there's some pies and things like at certain restaurants that, oh, man, I just. And so I'll be like, oh, I'll just scrape it off and eat the, you know, the filling. Yep. I always get ulcers in my mouth within 24. I mean, big O, and they and I've had them all my life. They were so annoying. I never get them anymore unless I'm contaminated. And first thing, bam, I get the ulcer. So I know, you in, know. Internal and, inflammation. Yeah, and it'll clear up, but it wouldn't if I kept eating it. Right. So I'm here with Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery, and this is Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. You have the inspiration to display the flag at your home or business, but you're not really sure how to get the installation just right to show off your pride the way you want to. Does that sound familiar? Kind of sound like your situation? Well, Arkansas Flag and Banner not only has all the hardware and a huge selection of flags to choose from, but our YouTube channel has instructional videos that make the process easy. And if you want a custom flag, you can get a free custom setup, a $100 value, or 15% off anything in our inventory at flagandbanner.com. In-ground flag poles, house-mounted poles, indoor pole kits, and don't forget our fun and colorful selection of garden banners. We've never had as many as we have right now, so come check them out at Flag and Banner, 800 West 9th Street in downtown Little Rock, and online at flagandbanner.com. We've got 15 minutes. Well, and Carrie, I just want to say to you, too, that you know we've known each other a long time. And what you've done in your business is is remarkable. Well, I do admire. I mean, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that flag. I mean, and, you know, we don't really see what you do because you're in that one building. Yeah. And who knows what's going on in there? And you're selling all over the Internet and million dollars a year on the Internet. I shock myself sometimes. And I mean, I've gone in there. It's like, oh, I need a flag or you've sewn some embroidered, some tent things for us at the film business before. I went over. Remember? Mm -hmm. Well, I hope somebody listening does get that persistence, perseverance. So what do you do? You spend 30 percent of your day daydreaming? No, I don't. I'm That's not the really average a, person spends 30% of their day daydreaming. I don't think I'm much of a daydreamer, but I do um, wake up in the night a lot of times and something gets in my head. Like the other day, I have a son that's really completely uh, cured a lot of his health issues, had him all of his life with a grain-free diet, which is a whole nother story. But anyway... You mean besides gluten, there's a whole nother grain-free diet? Oh, yeah. Diet? Grains are, like they call that... The, I know you've heard of the paleo diet. Yeah. Well, it's the hunter-gatherer diet, which some of our bodies, that's really... We're still in that mode. And so they didn't eat grains back in those days. Well, anyway, it's a whole nother story. But when I get an idea, like I read this recipe for a chicken pot pie that was grain-free. So paleo, grain-free chicken pot pie. And my son is my biggest eater, always has been. He's a little bitty thing, and he loves food more than life. <laughs> and he is the most limited diet of our entire uh, family. And that's the way it always goes. Sweet little wife, cooks for him, and, I mean, it's just amazing what she does for him and how hard it is to do all that. But he's well and healthy, and he was going down a pretty dark path. 
Life for Health. And so anyway, I could not sleep thinking about this silly chicken pot pie. You know, I have the luxury now of coming up with an idea and going back in the back and getting people to whip it up for me. I don't have to do it all. You didn't get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and go down there and start. No, I didn't. But I was thinking about it. Yeah, (laughs) If I I could, I probably would have. But anyway, and so they were coming in this week and they moved out of town. And so I had to have that pot pie for him. So probably soon we'll have them in the bakery because that's kind of how my brain thinks well my son needs it you know then we created a grain-free bread specifically for him and uh, and he loves it and he can eat it and so now we make it on tuesdays and we have a pretty big base that comes in on tuesdays and we sell out of it every tuesday so we're having to up it i'm coming to tuesday and we have samples on tuesdays too so people can sample the bread what time does the baker get there in the morning? Our baker gets there about 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my gosh. I'd be up. I'm up anyway. I might as well go. Yeah, well, I think he's kind of that way, too. And he kind of likes working. He really works by himself most of the time. Because, you know, when he's create, I mean, when he's baking all this stuff, there's a lot of thought. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't tell you how many recipes I've forgotten the salt or forgotten. Oh, them. yeah. Well, you know, you're doing a 20 or 40 times batch and you forget the yeast or whatever. Mm. You've thrown, you've ruined some very expensive product right so he's there by himself and he turns the radio on and he's got a kind of his own little routine and then we have another baker that comes at 5 a.m but he's the same guy that you started no he's not actually but he came like the first month we opened he was a friend of the other baker and the other baker has moved on has he moved to another state no he's still in arkansas but he had a non-compete clause so he can't cook gluten free right well he probably Uh, could now i guess but uh, he's probably like, that's too hard. Why don't I cook something else? Yeah, well, there's not a lot of money in it. So <laughs> You're here to tell him. He saw that firsthand. Yes, he did. <laughs> so what is your goal? What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do oh, you gosh. want this to be when you dream about being your business? I mean, I know what I dream about, you know. But so what do you dream about? Well, you know, I don't, I, honestly, I never really thought that the food that I make would be some of the best in the country. I really never thought that. I don't know. I just wanted it to be good. And, and who says it's the best in the country? People from all over the country that come to the bakery. It's pretty I amazing. Love that. It's yeah. so niche and unique. It's fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's so, you know, I think, I guess my goal in life is that people can have really good, fresh, gluten-free food all over the country. I don't know how you get there, but if my food is really good and we can figure out ways to package it. Do but, you want a franchise? You know, um, I've thought about it a lot because people always ask, and I always say to them, well, if you know somebody with a lot of money that wants to come and talk to me, then send them on. So far, nobody has come back to me with a lot of money and said, mm, I want to do this in Texas or wherever. People ask me if they if they can sell flags for me all the time. We have a guy right now in South North Carolina, an older gentleman who's trying to sell flags, and it's complex. Yes, it is. It's uh, And so it's hard to train, and I have people that want to sell the product, and I'm always trying to figure out how do you put together a training program. <laughs> and But I would think that you could really... I think somebody's going to come up with a gluten-free bake. I mean, Panero bread. Yeah. I mean, it could be. Dempsey well, bakery. you know, the thing is, you've got to just build it until someone discovers you or you've got someone out there, I guess. I, those are all the things that I don't really know much about. I know there's this whole world of brokers that I'm learning. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible how many pie, how many pieces of your pie have you to have be given to away given away it's unbelievable we should go to a franchise seminar well i think i would probably prefer to license some of my products and let other bakeries bake them and sell them in their stores what does that mean license if i licensed it i could give them the license 
to make my bread, train them how to make it in a gluten-free bakery, and sell them the, the flour mix so oh, they okay. don't have the recipe. Okay. Because... In my niche, which gluten and soy and nut-free, the liability could be huge if somebody Cooked didn't... Cooked in the wrong environment. Yeah, or brought the wrong product in. Because we vet every single ingredient that we use. We have a big old book with letters from every manufacturer that there's no nuts in their factory, there's no soy. So it's pretty complicated. So to me, if, as long as it was a gluten-free bakery... You know, yeah. and bread is the hard. I mean, it cost me probably sixty, seventy thousand dollars that year to create those recipes. That is just hard to get your mind around. I know, and so you know that if somebody wanted to do gluten free bakery, I mean, just by paying me a fee, they can learn the hardest parts, and then the easy parts they could just do their own thing, like cookies and stuff like that. So employees and even the management are the backbone of most small businesses. So if you start yep. licensing. How do you manage those? I guess you don't worry about the employees. You wouldn't worry about it because all they're doing, they've paid you a fee, and it's up to them to be successful or not successful. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I don't know, I'm sure I'd have to say, if you don't buy X number of mixes from me a year, like the flour mix or whatever, then you couldn't have my license anymore. So of all the things you've done, what um, sticks out to be the most challenging over the last six years? I know finding recipes is one. What well, is that's it? actually not as hard. As, I mean, now that we're really got it pretty good, we can do them. You know, it used to take us 20 times to get something right. Now it takes us maybe five because, mm-hmm. you know, we really know what we're working with. But I say the hardest thing right now really is packaging. Oh, my gosh. Packaging is like a whole time consuming. World. So time consuming. Well, and figuring it? it out. I mean, when you start distributing, you've got to figure out the package, how it's going to go in there, how much it weighs, what it's going to cost. But how the date. The date. Well, Serial that's, number. Yeah. And you've got to have a case and how many cases are in a this and how many that. And I'm not a numbers person. And so it is so overwhelming to me to sit down and we're working on a project right now for, for a broker and we've got 11 things to price. Well, you've got to figure out, I mean, it's one thing to figure it out for your retail, you know, but it's another, you got to break it down. Then you also got to make sure you're going to make a little bit of money. Yeah. And it's a little bit of money because yeah. they're buying it by the case. Because they're reselling it and reselling it. And yeah. Reselling it. You're, a broker is like the reseller that sells it to the To Kroger or wherever. Or Kroger, and so yeah. they get a pop, then Kroger gets a pop. And then, I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. I can't believe that cookie's only $3. When well, you think of it like in that. my bakery, it's, you know, we're getting all the profit. But if I were selling that to Kroger, mm-hmm. it, I might only get a dollar for it. And by the time it gets to Kroger, it's three or four dollars. It's I very mean, it's labor crazy. intense. Well, it's just it's an industry that I don't know that much about. So, so Dempsey Film Group had 30 employees. Your yeah. current business has about five employees. We have five, five full time employees and then we have uh, three part time. What do you think about the differences there? Well, our part-time people are wonderful. I wish we could have them all the time, but we have a college girl and then another person, one, a real good friend of mine, and they all have a vested interest in the what we make. They have allergies. Their children have allergies. So they're, very, they're not just there either for a part-time job. And I think this is going to get bigger and bigger as environments get... Yeah, I don't know what. Well, I don't know what's happening to our environment. Where our immune systems are very compromised. Is. You know, it's like a perfect storm. And if you think about how many people you know that have an autoimmune disease, reflux, arthritis, uh, hives. Oh gosh, there's like 84 diseases directly related to gluten. Really? Yeah, I've 84. got all that stuff at the bakery, but yeah. 
You are just a wealth of information. Well, I love you know. talking to you. Do you have any last words for not only people that want to get healthy, but for budding entrepreneurs? Well, um, I would have to say that you've pretty much hit on it, perseverances. And you've really got to have, Now, you know, I started my business and we were kind of sort of retired. I mean, we've used up all of our retirement money, so hopefully the bakery will be successful so we can re-save our retirement money. Right. But, um, but when you're young and you start a business, you know, you've got to be make sure you can survive that five or nine years because you're not going to make much money unless you know you do something and you know you're one of the it's like a movie star you know there's you're either hot or you're not hot exactly Uh, i think that uh that's a good advice for everybody that all small business people have ups and downs oh yeah i mean but flag and banner has almost been bankrupt two or three times and we've just hung on by our fingernails pulled through and then we'll have a great year and i always forget to put money back and thank goodness for my bookkeeper because she holds my feet to the fire because entrepreneurs want to spend and develop and do and spend and develop and do but you've got to rein yourself in well i want to thank you for coming on paula dempsey from inviting bakery and because you have birthed two businesses Congratulations. I have this beautiful cigar here. My husband probably smoke, or my son. <laughs> Maybe I should give you two. Uh, thank you to Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery in downtown Little Rock. She's on Cross Street. So to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me and Paula Dempsey from Dempsey Bakery. If you think this program has been about you, you're right. It has also been about me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, and your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. And then, till then, be brave. Keep up with the Friends of Dreamland by following us on our social platforms. Facebook is the most reliable way to learn about what the Friends of Dreamland are up to at any given moment, like history and the tours we give and events we sponsor and more. If you're hoping to hold an event or a party at Dreamland Ballroom in the future, Instagram has some of the most compelling images of the Dreamland Ballroom for would-be renters and party planners. To see what the place looks like when it's filled with people and really rocking with a big event, our new YouTube YouTube channel has highlights from dancing into dreamland and lots of useful information too with more to come by the way our elevator project is nearly complete and the future looks exciting for the dreamland ballroom upstairs at flag and banner in downtown little rock 800 west 9th street You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. 